was a boy who had a band of brothers. There was a boy who had a band of brothers. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. Far away! Far away! Far away! He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far. Good evening, Cobbacy families, and welcome to another Cobbacy Evening Fireside Podcast. The Braves and Warriors are in their beds, the sun has gone down over the bunks, and it's time to find out what happened today on day three of Tribal Games. I'm just going to do the schedule for you, but before that, the sun was out again. It was, again, another amazing, amazing main day. Slight breeze by the afternoon. There was a little bit of a haze. A little bit of cloud cover. It was still perfect temperatures. Doing a great job with hydration and with sunscreen. Even the Mohawks that have sprouted up on some heads of our staff members, not our boys, just the staff members, have been well sunscreened. Mostly because I beat them into submission and made them promise they were going to do so. The phrase I used was, I don't care if you have to use house paint. Today, Reveille was at 8 o'clock. 8.15 was mom number three. That's mind over matter number three. American geography. Everyone misspelled Kansas. I don't really know what to say about that, except support your local school levies. Assembly meeting in places at 8.30, and then 8.45, silent breakfast. It was actually silent, a sign that we're on day three. 9.15, we had one-minute speeches from the Chiefs. That was outstanding. There were a lot of uh, good one-liners. The Chief of the Eagles, Cole Council, showed up wearing a long-sleeve, sublimated, nylon t-shirt that had a full-blown naturescape over which a giant American eagle was soaring. That's where we are in our contest. 9.45, inspection for the bunks. Everybody had to have their personal areas inspected and ready to go. And then 10-15, our fifth tournament round. That was Bears versus Owls, Eagles versus Stags. Braves had round the bases. Breps had football, Minters basketball, Satyrs volleyball. At 11-30, the sixth tournament round. Bears versus Stags, Eagles versus Owls. Braves had combined soccer kick. Breps had modified volleyball. Minters had around the bases. Satyrs had the track meet. At 12.45, we all lined up at the flagpole to watch, uh, by tribes, to watch the staff do round the bases. And there were four staff per group, and they were cooking. It was awesome to see them streaking around in the middle of the day. Bright sunshine, bright colors flashing. One o'clock, silent lunch. Then the spelling bee, led by our very own erudite, pedantic, Katie Goodman, assistant director. The winning word, ambidextrous. Yep. Team time at 1.45, and then 3 o'clock, tournament round number 7. That's Bears versus Eagles, Owls versus Stags. The Braves had basketball skills. The Breps had climbing 20 points, archery 10, and squash 10. Minters had track, Satris handball. 5.15, mom number 4 in the Cabo Dome, American presidents. Griff wanted to know earlier when I was talking to him about a score issue if he thought that the boys would be able to spit out all 45 of the presidents. I said, I think there's a song. 
So I wonder if anyone did. 515 was that mom number four, and then silent dinner at 530, and then the eighth tournament round. We're on round eight this evening. Braves versus Owls, Stags versus Eagles. Braves had soccer, Breps had football, Minters basketball, Satyrs volleyball, and then that was it for the day. A little bit of team time, lots of songs and skits and cheers getting practiced. And that was our schedule. This is the Blue Sheet Report for today, day three of the 2019 Tribal Games under the beautiful Maine sun. It is a magnificent and busy thing to run Kavasi, and it's so magnificent and beautiful, I'm just going to get right to the anecdotes of what I saw today. Here is scene one. Katie and I and both head counselors are standing by the triangle, and we see a shape moving towards us. Can't tell gender or age because they are dripping with bags, tennis rackets, shoes, jackets, and t-shirts. And we're like, hey, who's that? And a little boy named Luke rotates slowly, completely covered in equipment, grins at us from underneath a hood. I'm like, Luke, what are you doing, dude? He's like, everybody left all their stuff in our team meeting area, so I'm giving it all back to them. And he was walking from age group to age group, distributing everyone's gear because that's what a teammate does. It was a pretty great moment in Kavasi social fabric. No one asked him to do it. He was just leaving the team area and noticed that everyone's stuff was there and that maybe the next time they reached for their tennis racket, it wouldn't be where it was supposed to be. And he's not an older boy. He's a brave. He just knew that everybody needed their stuff. How about that? Episode 2. 11.45. The climbing portion of that round is underway. And I look over and there is Inga from the kitchen. And Paulina from the kitchen and a few other kitchen staff members dressed in their team colors, shepherding Braves hither and thither, using their time off in between the morning shift and the afternoon lunch shift, their precious time off. Our kitchen staff works really hard in a really hot and sweaty job, making sure everybody's food comes out delicious and safe. And on their time off, because they are part of a team, they went right out into the competition and make sure the Braves were headed to the right spot on the climbing wall and just absolutely leaning forward into the team experience like it was no big deal, like they were supposed to do that. And we are really careful at Kavasi to integrate our kitchen staff and our support staff in the general fabric of the camp. And that is certainly true in travel games and color war, but it's so great to see it answered with effort and with commitment and belonging. The two of those same kitchen staff members were key players in staff volleyball that I was watching. And it was just, you know, that doesn't happen at all the camps around the country. Sometimes they're a little separate, not here. Episode three. Early afternoon, it's the Minters basketball. The Bears are playing the Eagles. It is a tie game. These games are just a 21. The defense is fierce. Everybody's on their feet. All the coaches are as close as they can get to the sidelines without getting too far 
so that they get called for infringing on the sidelines, clapping as loud as they can. There's probably four adults per sideline, all yelling instructions at the fiercely competitive boys who are zipping all over the floor, skidding a little bit, faces screwed up in concentration, and a boy floats open at the top of the key. Two other boys double-teaming him, gets a pass, head fakes up, dribbles once, and jumps, floats over the elbow, double hands, hucks a prayer ball, drains it. His sideline clears. Everybody else looks down. One set of bright orange Skittles are jumping up and down with Joy. Blue looking down, looking upset for just a second until the Blues coaches sweep in and get their chins up so that they can give high fives to the victorious Bears. It was just one of those perfectly encapsulated Copsey moments. Victory and defeat. A really wild and crazy last second and good counselors being good counselors. And I know we've waxed poetic about this already, but Around the Bases is one of my favorite events in general because you get such total commitments. Pure. How fast can you run this distance? How fast can four of you do it? Let's put that time against the other boys or the other staff, and that's going to be the result. Boys have different running styles. This one moves his legs really fast but doesn't have long strides. This one has long, elegant strides. How could he have gone so fast, taking so few steps? This one moves his hands side to side. This one pumps like a, an Olympic runner. This one hardly moves his hands at all, and yet they're all fast. They're the fastest boys their team could advance, and they are smoking around the bases in the bright sunshine with people screaming them on. I don't really have anything poetic to say about that except watching a boy go as fast as he can is a thing of beauty unto itself. The scores. At the end of day three... The Bears have amassed 294 points. 294 points. Stricken by their chief getting sick on the beginning of day two. Having a hard time. Had to be in medical most of the day. And also another crucial player on the Bears coaching staff. Brendan Oren, one of our hockey counselors. Also sick today. Bears staff doing everything they can. Campers bearing up underneath the Adversity of being behind and having some leadership gone, 294 points. The Stags, having started out screaming ahead, now at 349 and a half points in third place. 60 points ahead of them, which is definitely striking distance at this stage. The Eagles with 410 and a half points. And ahead for the first time. Since we started announcing the scores, Owls, 416 points. Five and a half points separate first from second. Only 60 from third to second. And uh, the Bears, who knows what upsets and what spoilers they may execute in the next few hours and, of course, tomorrow. All the points are stacked at the end of tribal games. Not an accident. There's many, many lead changes ahead of us tomorrow. Another great day of weather. And so that is our little informal podcast for another glorious day at Camp Cravacy for Boys. Your boys are already certainly asleep if they are not Sachem. With good counselors watching over them. Nodding off surrounded by their comrades and friends. Loons sounding on the lake. All is well in this place set apart.
Yours always. 